Hi, welcome back to A&P with Emily. Today we'll be going over chapter four objectives. Chapter four is all about tissues, the living fabric. Let's get started. The first objective is to list several structural and functional characteristics of epithelial tissue. So epithelium, if we break that word down, epi is above, thelia is covering, and um is structure. So it's the above covering structure. The structure of epithelium, it forms covering sheets and lines hollow organs and body cavities. So you have two different types of epithelia. You have your covering and lining epithelia. These are on the external and internal surfaces. So this would be like your skin. Then you also have your glandular epithelia. This is the secretory tissues and glands, like your salivary glands. The function of epithelial tissue is to protect absorb, filter, excrete, secrete, and sense reception. The second objective is to name, classify, and describe the various types of epithelia. Also indicate their chief functions and locations. So first we're going to start with simple squamous epithelia. This is one layer that is a flat cell with flat nucleus. Its function is diffusion and filtration, and its location is in lung air sacs and lining blood vessels. Then you have your simple cuboidal. This is one layer and it's cube-like cells with a round central nucleus. The function of these is secretion and absorption and you find these in the lining of kidney tubules and forming thyroid follicles and covering ovaries. Simple columnar epithelia, this is one layer it's a rectangle cell with an oval nucleus at the bottom third of the cell. Function of these cells is absorption and secretion. You can find this in the lining of the stomach, the small and large intestines, and the uterine tubes. And these are often modified with microvilli or cilia. Then you have your pseudostratified columnar. This is one layer and the nuclei are at various levels but all cells touch the basement membrane. The function of these cells is secretion and movement of materials across the surface. You can find these in the lining of your trachea and your nasal cavity and your bronchi. Next we have our stratified squamous. This is multiple layers of flat cells with flat nucleus and these protect areas subject to abrasion. You can find these in the lining of your mouth and esophagus. So those are the non-carinated and wet regions. You can also find them on the skin epidermis, which is the keratinized dry region. Then you have stratified cuboidal. This is two layers and they are cube cells with a round nucleus. This is the function of these cells is protection and secretion. Location, these cells are rare, but you can find them lining large ducts of sweat, mammary, and salivary glands. Then you have the stratified columnar. This is multiple layers with a column cell with oval nucleus at the bottom one third. The function of these is protection and secretion. These are also very rare, but you can find them in the lining of the middle urethra, large ducts and esophageal glands, and portions of the pharynx. You also have transitional. This is multiple layers. When they are relaxed, they're six to 10 layers thick. And when they're stretched or distended, they're about three layers thick. 
The cells are balloon-shaped with round nuclei when relaxed, and they're flattened and elongated when distended. The function of these cells is to stretch when organs filled with urine. So you can find these in the lining of the uterus and the bladder. The third objective is to define gland. Differentiate between exocrine and endocrine glands, multicellular and unicellular glands, and holocrine and merocrine glands. Provide examples of each type of gland. So a gland consists of one or more cells that make and secrete a particular product. An endocrine gland loses ducts during development and it secretes hormones into interstellar fluid and enter the blood. An example of this would be the thyroid gland. The exocrine glands secrete products onto body surfaces or into body cavities. Examples of these would be your liver or your pancreas. A unicellular gland is one cell. These would be things like mucus cells that produce mucin and then turn into mucus in H2O, or goblet cells, which accumulates in mucin at top of cell, or it accumulates the mucin at the top of cell. And then you have your merocrine glands. These secrete products by exocytosis as they are produced. You can think of merocrine as merely secrete. These would, this includes your pancreas. Then you have holocrine glands. These accumulate products within until they rupture. So holocrine, so the whole cell dies for the cause. So this would be like your sebaceous or your oil glands of the skin. The fourth objective is to indicate common characteristics of connective tissue enlist and describe its structural elements and overall functions. So characteristics of connective tissue would be that they have extracellular matrix and a common origin. These are the mesenchyme cells that they come from. The structural components, there's three. There's the ground substance, the fibers, and the cells. The ground substance is the interstitial fluid, cell adhesion proteins, and proteoglycans. The fibers, you have three different types, collagen, elastic, or reticular. In the cells, you have your fibroblasts and sites, your chondroblasts and sites, your osteoblasts and sites, and then you have your epidocytes, which store fat. You have your white blood cells or leukocytes. You have mast cells and meriophages, or sorry, macrophages. The major functions of connective tissues is for binding and supporting, protecting, insulating, storing, and transporting. The fifth objective is to describe the various types of connective tissue found in the body according to cell type, fibers, and matrix, and indicate their characteristic functions and locations in the body. Connective tissue has four main areas. You have your connective tissue proper, your cartilage, your bone, and your blood. First, we'll start with the connective tissue proper. This is broken up into loose and dense. Loose includes the areola, the adipose, and the recticular. So your areolar, these cells are fibroblasts, macrophages, mast cells, and some white blood cells. The fibers, you have collagen, elastic, and reticular, so all three, and the matrix is gel-like. 
The function of these um, tissue is to wrap and cushion organs, and the macrophages eat bacteria, aids in inflammation, and holds and conveys tissue fluid. These are widely distributed under the epithelia of the body. Moving on to adipose, which again is the connective tissue proper, loose. These cells are adipocytes. There are no fibers, and the matrix is sparse and jet-like. The function of these tissues is to provide reserve food fuel, insulate against heat loss, and support and protect. The location is under the skin and subcutaneous tissue around kidneys and eyeballs, within the abdomen, and in breasts. Next, you have your reticular, which again is the connective tissue proper, loose. These cells are reticular cells, the fibers are reticular fibers, and the matrix is jet-like. The function of these is the fibers form an internal skeleton that supports other cell types, such as white blood cells, mast cells, and macrophages. You can find these in the lymphoid organs. So next we're going to move on to the connective tissue proper, dense. Here we have regular, irregular, and elastic tissues. So first we're going to start with the regular. Here the cells are fibroblasts. The, fiber, the fibers are collagen with a few elastic fibers. The function of these is to withstand great tensile stress when pulling force is applied in one direction connects muscle to muscle, muscle to bone, or bone to bone. So location of these would be in your tendons, most ligaments, and aponeurosis. Moving on, you have your irregular, which again is connective tissue proper, dense. The cells are fibroblasts. The fibers are mainly collagen and some elastic, similar to the regular. These withstand tension in many directions and provides structural strength. The location of these are in fibrous capsules of organs and joints in the dermis of the skin, the submucosa of the digestive tract. So then you have your elastic, which again is the connective tissue proper, dense. The structure is same as the dense regular with more elastic fibers. So fibroblast cells and collagen cells just with a lot more elastic fibers. The function of this type of tissue is to allow tissues to recoil after stretching, maintains pulsatile flow of blood through arteries, aids passive recoil of lungs following inspiration. You will find these in the walls of large arteries, within certain ligaments in the vertebral column, and within walls of bronchial tubes. So that was all the connective tissue proper, loose and dense. Now we have cartilage. Cartilage is broken up into three subcategories. You have your haline, your elastic, and your fibrocartilage. The haline cartilage, the structure, the cells are chondroblasts or chondrocytes that lie in lacunae. The fibers are collagen fibers, and the matrix is amorphous but firm. The function of haline cartilage is to support and reinforce. It serves as a resilient cushion and resists compressive stress. The location of these is it makes up most of the embryonic skeleton, 
It covers ends of long bones and joint cavities. It forms coastal cartilages of ribs, cartilages of nose, the trachea, and larynx. Then you have your elastic cartilage. This is The structure of this is the same as the hayline with more elastic fibers. So again, it's made of chondroblasts and sites that line the cunei with collagen fibers and elastic fibers. So the function of elastic cartilage is to maintain shape and structure with flexibility. The location of these, it supports the external ear and epiglottis. The final cartilage is fibrocartilage. The structure of this is similar but less firm than haline, and thick collagen fibers predominate this type of cartilage. The function of this is tensile strength, allows it to absorb compression shock. So you'll find these in the intervertebral discs, pubic symphys, and discs of the knee joint. So those were all the type of cartilage, haline, elastic, and fibrocartilage. Now we're moving on to bone. The structure of bone tissue, the cells are osteocytes that are found in lacunae, the fibers are collagen fibers, and the matrix is hard and calcified and well vascularized. The function of bone tissue is to support and protect, provide levers of provide levers for muscles. It stores calcium, minerals, and fats, and the marrow inside the bones form blood cells. Location of these tissues is obviously in your bones. Our final connective tissue is blood. Structure of these, you have the cells are red and white blood cells, and the matrix matrix is fluid, and we call this fluid plasma. The function of these blood cells is to transport respiratory gases, nutrients, wastes, and other substances. You can find these within blood vessels. The sixth objective is to compare and contrast the structures and body locations of the three types of muscle tissue. Also to indicate whether these tissues are voluntary or involuntary. You have three types of muscle tissue. You have the skeletal muscle tissue, the cardiac muscle tissue, and the smooth muscle tissue. So we're going to start with skeletal. These are long, cylindrical, and multinucleate cells with obvious striations. The function of these is for locomotion, manipulation of the environment, and facial expression. These muscles are voluntary. They're under voluntary control. And you can, the location of these is the skeletal muscles attached to the bone or the skin. Next, you have the cardiac muscles. These are, these cells are branching, striated, and uninucleate. And there are intercalated discs throughout this tissue. As the cardiac muscle contracts, it propels blood into circulation. This is under involuntary control, and you find this type of tissue in the walls of the heart. Lastly, you have smooth muscle tissue. These cells are spindle-shaped with a central nuclei. There are no striations, and they form sheets. The function of the smooth muscle cells or tissues is to propel substances or objects along internal passageways. Again, this is involuntary control.
These line the walls of the hollow organs. The seventh objective is to indicate the general characteristics of nervous tissue. Describe the cell types, role of dendrites, cell bodies, and axons in neuron function. Nervous tissue is composed of neurons and neurogelia. A neuron is composed of a cell body, which contains the nucleus, and then dendrites, which are branching regions that respond to stimuli. You also have the axon, which is one long branch that transmits electrical impulses. The neurogelia support, insulate, and protect neurons. The function of nervous tissue is to tr transmit electrical signals from sensory receptors to effectors, such as muscles and glands, and they support the support cells support the neurons. The location of nervous tissue is in the brain, spinal cord, and nerves. The eighth objective is to describe the structure and function of cutaneous, mucous, and serous membranes. Provide examples of where these membranes are found in the body. Cutaneous tissue is keratinized, stratified squamous epithelium, this is the epidermis, which overlies a thick layer of dense irregular connective tissue, which is called the dermis. The function of cutaneous tissue is to protect the underlying tissue. You can find this in the skin. Then the mucous membrane, this is epithelium with goblet cells overlying areolar connective tissue. It's called the lamina propria. The function of this mucous membrane is to lubricate surfaces moisten passageways, and protection of, from microbes and digestive juices. You can find these in the digestive, respiratory, urinary, and reproductive organs. The serous membranes are made of simple squamous epithelium overlying areolar connective tissue. The function of this is to lubricate between parteal and visceral membranes support internal organs and compartmentalize cavities to inhibit spread of infection. The serous membrane is found in the ventral body cavities. The ninth objective is to outline the process of tissue repair involved in normal healing of a superficial wound. There are three parts to this wound healing. The first one is inflammation, the second is organization, and the third is regeneration. So, in inflammation, injured tissue cells, mast cells, and others release inflammatory chemicals. The inflammatory chemicals make blood vessels leaky, which allow white blood cells, fluid clotting, clotting proteins, and other plasma proteins to seep into the area. Fibers are soluble proteins that participate in blood clotting. Um, these types of fibers are thrombin and fibrogen. This is important for the test. So the fibers are soluble proteins that participate in blood clotting. These fibers are thrombin and fibrinogen. This clotting seals off the area so no bacteria, toxins, or harmful substances can spread. The surface of the clot dries and forms a scab. 
The second step is organization. The clot is replaced by fragile capillaries, this is granular tissue, and restores vascular supply. The fibroblasts multiply and produce growth factors in collagen to bridge the gap. This reverts to resting or apoptosis once it is healed, these fibroblasts. Then macrophages phagotize dead and dying cells and other debris. The surface epithelial cells multiply and begin to migrate over the granulation tissue. Lastly, you have regeneration and fibrosis. Regeneration involves the same tissue covering up the superficial wound, and fibrosis is when dense connective tissue or scar tissue is what remains. So in regeneration, fibrosed area matures and contracts, pulling wound walls together. The epithelium thickens underneath the scab, which then detaches, and the fully regenerated epithelium surfaces with underlying scar tissue. The tenth and final objective is to know the following terms. Neoplasm, benign versus malignant, metastasis, carcinogens, carcinogenesis, proto-oncogenes, oncogenes, and tumor suppressor genes. So neoplasm is an abnormal mass of proliferating cells. Benign is cells remain compacted, encapsulated, grow slower, and are not lethal. And these are local. Malignant means non-capulated, non-capsulated masses that grow relentlessly and spread. Metastasis is the capability of traveling to other parts of the body. Carcinogens are factors that cause mutations. Examples of this would be radiation, some viral infections, chronic inflammation, chemicals, and toxins. Carcinogenesis is the process of developing cancer. Proto-oncogenes are benign forms of oncogenes in normal cells. Oncogenes are cancer-causing genes. And tumor suppressor genes are products, tumor suppressor genes products inhibit cell growth and division. That's it for the chapter four objectives. I hope this was helpful. As always, I'll put a link to any quizlets that I made in the episode description. I hope you have a great day and good luck studying.